Welcome back to the Hemingway List. Book 13, Chapter 6. What do you think of the actions of General Bagavut in this chapter? Do you think his actions correspond to the portrayal of the Russian army as a whole in the novel? Ripster 66 says, This chapter was painful to read. No matter how well thought out an action may be, human inadequacies will get in the way. That old general died, and many of his men as well, due to his ego, hubris, and temper. The utter chaos caused by the desire to do something, even if the wrong thing, is so frustrating. Adjutants and generals galloped about, shouted, grew angry, quarrelled, said they had come quite wrong, and were left and were late, gave vent to a little abuse, and at last gave at all, gave it all up, and went forward simply to get somewhere. We shall get somewhere or other, and they did indeed get somewhere, though not to their right places. Twisted every way says, damn, way to lose your mind and make a dumb decision, Bagavot. FDLP1 says, I thought the French deserters offer must have been a trap. Crazy they could have captured Murat like that. Yeah, they could have, although that was one bit of this chapter where I thought, was that historically accurate or was that a little Tolstoyism? You know, the fact that Murat was just there, just out of reach and they just missed him. How could he really know that? Uh, I wonder how Tolstoy discovered historical evidence for that scene as well as for Bugabout storming into his death. Well, there you go. I guess we had the same sort of thought there. FDLP is, you know, how could he know? Maybe maybe there is some historical accounts of that exact thing happening. Um, you know, you see the difference between Yakutazov here and others. You know, others who just might not have that same cool, calm collectedness of Kutuzov. Um, alright, are we ready to keep reading? What's, what chapter are we up to? Seven. Book 13, chapter seven. Here we go. Meanwhile, another column was to have attacked the French from the front, but Kutuzov accompanied that column. He well knew that nothing but confusion would come of this battle, undertaken against his will, and as far as was in his power, held the troops back. He did not advance. He rode silently on his small grey horse, indolently answering suggestions that they should attack. The word attack is always on your tongue, but you don't see that we are unable to execute complicated manoeuvres, said he to Milorodovich, who asked permission to advance. We couldn't take Murat prisoner this morning or get to the place in time, and nothing can be done now, he replied to someone else. When Kutuzov was informed that at the French rear, where, according to the reports of the Cossacks, there had previously been nobody, there were now two battalions of Poles who gave a sidelong glance at Ermolov, who was behind him, and to whom he had not spoken since the previous day. You see, they are asking to attack, and making plans of all kinds, but as soon as one gets to business, nothing is ready, and the enemy, forewarned, takes measures accordingly. Ermolov seemed, sorry, Ermolov screwed up his eyes and smiled faintly on hearing these words. He understood that for him the storm had blown over and that Kutuzov would content himself with that hint. 
He's having a little fun at my expense, said Ermolov, softly nudging with his knee Ravsky, who was at his side. Soon after this, Ermolov moved up to Kutuzov, who respectfully remarked, It is not too late yet, your highness. The enemy has not gone away. If you were to order an attack, if not, the, gu the guards will not so much as see a little smoke. Kutuzov did not reply, but he, they, but when, sorry, Kutuzov did not reply, but when they reported to him that Murad's troops were in retreat, he ordered an advance, though at every hundred paces he halted for three quarters of an hour. The whole battalion consisted in what all of Denisov's Cossacks had done. The rest of the army merely lost some hundreds of men uselessly. In consequence of this battle, Kutuzov received a diamond decoration and Bennigsen some diamonds and a hundred thousand rubles. Others also received pleasant recognitions corresponding to their various grades and following the battle, fresh changes were made in the staff. That's how everything is done with us, all topsy-turvy, said the Russian officers and generals after the Turretino battle, letting it be understood that some fool there is doing things all wrong but that we ourselves should not have done so, just as people speak today. But people who talk like that either do not know what they are talking about or deliberately deceive themselves. No battle, Tarantino, Borodino or Austerlitz takes place as those who planned it anticipated. That is an essential condition. A countless number of free forces, for nowhere is man freer than during a battle where it is a question of life and death, Influence the course taken by the fight, and that course never can be known in advance and never coincides with the direction of any one force. If many simultaneously and variously directed forces act on a given body, the direction of its motion cannot coincide with any one of those forces, but will always be a mean, what in mechanics is represented by the diagonal of a parallelogram of forces. If in the descriptions given by historians, especially French ones, we find their wars and battles carried out in accordance with previously formed plans. The only conclusion to be drawn is that those descriptions are false. The Battle of Tarotino obviously did not attain the aim Toll had in view to lead the troops into action in the order prescribed by the dispositions, nor that which Count Orlov Denisov may have had in view to take Murat prisoner, nor the result of immediately destroying the whole corps which Bennigsen and others may have had in view, nor the aim of the officer who wished to go into action to distinguish himself, nor that of the Cossack who wanted more booty than he got, and so on. But if the aim of the battle was what actually resulted and what all the Russians of that day desired, to drive the French out of Russia and destroy their army, it is quite clear that the Battle of Tarutino, just because of its incongruities, was exactly what was wanted at that stage of the campaign, it would be difficult and even impossible to imagine any result more opportune than the actual outcome of this battle. With a minimum of effort and insignificant losses despite the greatest confusion, the most important results of the whole campaign were attained. The transition from retreat to advance and exposure of the weakness of the French and the administration of that shock which Napoleon's army had only awaited to begin its flight. Alright, there we go, another chapter for you. Napoleon, biding his time. Kutuzov, biding his time. What's going to happen? Alright, have your say on the subreddit, and I'll see you tomorrow.